welcome to episode number 84 of the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. Today we've got Stephen Kohler joining us as our next guest in the mini-series on the topic of challenging conversations and constructive feedback. Stephen is founder and CEO of Audira Labs, a prominent Chicago-based executive coaching and experiential team leadership development business. Thank you for your contributions today, Stephen. Thank you, Andrew, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Uh, in, in the spirit of, of full disclosure and for our audio-only listeners, uh, I've got a guitar in my background, and Stephen has an entire studio in his background, so you're listening to uh, two musicians uh, jam today. That's we, We've got a jam session going. Rock and roll. I love jamming with you, my friend. Very good. Well, Stephen, uh, before we get started, we do this with all our guests. Please uh, give our listeners your story. First again, uh, Andrew, thank you so much for having me today. It's an honor and I uh, really appreciate the opportunity to, to, to be with all of you and your listeners today. Um, my name is Stephen Kohler. I am an executive coach and founder and CEO of Audira Labs based here in the Chicago area. Uh, I was and am a lifelong musician um, who along the way after college kind of stumbled into a corporate career. Uh, I had the opportunity to work at Shure Incorporated. Uh, and for those of you not familiar, it's a preeminent uh, microphone brand that many of us as musicians uh, all use. And I say that because that really kind of launched an interesting uh, hybrid uh, journey for me where about five years ago, after a long career in, in leadership roles in corporate uh, opportunities, uh, I looked at the opportunity to really combine my passion for music and my interest in serving uh, people and helping them become their their best uh, version of themselves as leaders. And I founded Audira Labs. And at Audira, essentially what, what we do is we help amplify leaders, teams, and organizations uh, to maximize their leadership potential. And we do that in kind of a, a unique way in that we use music as a lens uh, to amplify people's impact in the world. And so uh, anyway, that's a, a brief background and I'm just thrilled to be here to talk to you today. Well, we'll be diving in a, a bit more on uh, how you use music uh, in your practice, which I'm really, really interested in. Uh, if you had to pick one event in your life that uh, just put rocket boosters under your career, what would that be? Thank you for the question. Um, I, it's funny, I reflect a lot on that, not only for myself, but as an executive coach, when I'm supporting other leaders, I ask a very similar question. For me, it was about five and a half years ago. I was, uh, this was prior to starting Audir Labs. I was in a corporate role. Uh, and quite frankly, uh, I, was, I was burned out. I'd been doing the kind of work I'd been doing for a very long time. And um, I was in a, a role that quite frankly was not leveraging my strengths. Um, I had the opportunity to work with an executive coach myself at that point, And she helped me kind of flip my perspective at the time um, I had some un, uh, undiscovered strengths, or at least unknown to me. Uh, and she helped me understand that, that there were some things inside me, compassion, kindness, empathy, that quite frankly, at the time in the role I was in, I thought were liabilities, Andrew. I thought they were actually not helping me. Uh, I felt badly about them. And she helped actually flip this. And she said, you know, Stephen, what would it look like if you were able to bring kindness, empathy, service leadership, uh, to actually as, as a superpower and, and, and help others. And I said, my God, that'd be amazing. 
Uh, and through that process, I actually learned that there was this whole world of leadership development and executive coaching uh, where I could bring a lot of these kind of hidden strengths to me uh, in, in, a, in an impactful way. And, and I've never looked back and I'm very grateful for that opportunity. Uh, that's great. You know, uh, we, so many of us show up for work in an emotional suit of armor and we don't bring our uh, quote unquote whole selves in, in, into the, into the world of work. Uh, I learned later than I probably should have to uh, bring more of my whole self in, into my work. And it really, really helped me. I'm really glad that uh, that you f- uh, found that as well. So thank you. Thank you for sharing. Let's dive into the topic at hand, which is that of challenging conversations. Uh, can you help us understand your approach to delivering constructive feedback and engaging in those difficult conversations? Absolutely. I think uh, for context, first of all, I love the topic. And I would say as a, as a coach and a team uh, developer, I would say it's probably this topic of how to have effective, courageous conversations, difficult conversations, probably the top two or three topics that come up uh, with teams and leaders I support. Um, and I would say particularly also coming out of the pandemic, uh, there's been a refreshed and I think a very healthy um, retake on the, on the topic. I say that because I think for many of us, uh, many of us were trained to think of engaging in these conver- types of conversations in one of two ways. Uh, we either had them in a very direct and candid way and often uh, in a way that lacked empathy or compassion, or we tended to the other approach where we were so kind of over-indexing on the compassion uh, and the empathy, we avoided the hard truth. Um, and where I have really found, uh, an area that I want to practice, and I would say it's continued practice for me is avoiding that false choice and, and finding a mixture, a harmony, if of, you will, of both compassion and candor. Um, and, uh, actually the author, Kim Scott, uh, wrote a, a book that is, I think, uh, preeminent in this regard, and it's called, um, Radical Candor. Uh, and this is a book I recommend a lot to the leaders I support. It looks like, Andrew, you're familiar with it. And she basically talks about the avoiding this false choice between, you know, uh, avoiding the hard f- conversation and also avoiding being uh, really um, obnoxiously aggressive, as she calls it, and find the sweet spot that is both compassionate and candid. Um, so what I always like to do in these conversations uh, is to start from a place of compassion and caring. And think of this as because I care for you so much, I am going to give you the gift of candor, um, which is sounds easier than it actually is. Uh, but through that, uh, yeah. that kind of practice of kind of combining the compassion and the candor, I found it to be quite helpful. Yeah, that's, uh, that's wonderful. So in your practice at Audira Labs, you're focused on experiential uh, team development. Uh, I, I love how you're directly using that, that word experiential in the description of what you do. Uh, what's the relationship between employee engagement and what some might uh, describe as frank and fearless conversations and saying what needs to be said within the flow of work. Absolutely. So I would say that the context that we're very aware of at Audira, particularly coming out of the, uh, the pandemic, is that what employees are looking for and leaders are looking for in terms of their relationship to work has changed dramatically. To put, put it simply, uh, 
we've all recognized that what matters to us in our lives has shifted. We realize how short and precious life is. So our relationship to, to the place that we go for employment and, and whether we physically go in and the people we're with and the kind of work we do has taken on a totally different realm. I say that because this topic of engagement uh, is more important than ever. And I think it's crucial for employers to recognize, you know, we need to connect, we as employers need to continue to find what matters to employees so that they stay engaged. Um, why does that matter? Because if they're not engaged, they're going to leave, plain and simple. The relationship of that context to your question is that one of the top things that we hear from employees that they, that they need and want to feel engaged is, is feedback and uh, this topic of courageous and fearless conversations. One of the biggest reasons in exit interviews that, that we hear at Audir is that people feel like they have not had those kind of frank, courageous conversations with their managers, with their peers, with their direct reports. They're hungry for it. They need it. They also need an environment where they can feel safe enough to provide it to others. And so this topic between engagement and having these conversations, I think, is crucial. What What are your... Uh, not going too far afield here, but the, the you know the concept of the annual review, where uh, all of the feedback is funneled into one conversation uh, at at the end of the year. Uh, what has been your advice uh, to leaders about the annual review and whether that pro that practice uh, should continue or not? It's uh, in short, and I, and I say this with a smile, is I would say there's opportunity to, to recompose or reharmonize that. Some yes. might say blow it up. Um, and I say that as somebody who spent 25 years in a corporate career being within that system of the annual performance review. Um, put simply, I think that the, the oft in unintended consequence of that is that there are a lot of what we would call surprises. What do I mean by that? So if you're only having this kind of conversation, this performance uh, review, this career development once a year, uh, it's, it's not often enough. And it, it uh, often leads to a lot of uh, unintended surprises. So, so what we're learning, of course, and I'm sure many of your listeners have been hearing this too on your podcast as well as others, is, is what we're looking for today in the leadership realm is something completely different both in terms of frequency and tempo and the nature of the conversation. So if the old way was once a year and very formal and let's be candid, very bureaucratic and, and something that nobody looked forward to, whether it be the manager doing it or the employee receiving it, what we want to do, quite frankly, is the opposite. What do we mean by that? We want to have, if, if that tempo used to be once a year, what we'd like that tempo to be going forward is quite frequent. Uh, it does not need to be formal. It can be a couple of times a week, uh, including, you know, my, my kind of test case is coming in and out of a meeting, whether that be in a physical office where you're coming in and out of a, a meeting or you're coming in and off of a Zoom call. Just providing 30 seconds of, of round robin feedback of what went well, what could have been improved. Um, so you're doing it regularly. So there's no surprises. And it's also kept top of mind. It's also balanced. Um, you know, I know early in my career, feedback was typically very oriented to, you know, areas to grow and improve, right? Uh, there was very little time spent on positive. I would say today we've got to flip that script and spend, let's say, 70 to 80% on what's working and the strengths of the leader. So we can double down on that and then less, uh, maybe less focus on the, on the areas of growth. 
So I think it's frequent. I think it's balanced. And I think ultimately it's, it's also tied to what that leader genuinely wants and needs in terms of their values and their career goals. Thanks, Stephen. Whenever I get the opportunity to kind of double down on uh, getting getting rid of the annual performance review and, and I have a friendly partner, like I, 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 I was pretty confident I had in you there. Uh, I just want to reinforce that uh, message. Uh, before we go to commercial break, uh, is there a mentor, former boss or colleague that in your opinion just had or has outstanding challenging conversation skills and what sets them apart? Yeah, I've, I've been fortunate to have several. Uh, and rather than name them by name, what I would do, Andrew, uh, is I would, I would talk about some of their qualities. Uh, first and foremost, they are listeners. And, I would, and I'm going to talk about that, I think, later in some of your questions. But I think uh, we at Ardera and as an executive coach believe one of the most foundational leadership skills that any great leader can have is they start by listening. So some of my best mentors and coaches have been individuals that start by listening, listening to, to what I might be experiencing, what I, my challenges might be, what I'm looking for. Um, they also possess you know, kindness and empathy as well, which again, prior to the pandemic, I would say in, in many corporate environments was kind of a four-letter word. But today we're seeing is, is actually a superpower that so few leaders possess. So I think they're great listeners. I think they're great, uh, you know, they're very compassionate, empathy, and then they can deliver feedback in a very constructive uh, and supportive way rather than uh, uh, delivered in a way that kind of tears you down. These are hallmarks of what I attempt to do uh, in my daily practice when I'm providing feedback uh, to others as well. That's great. Well, we're going to go to a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. Thanks for listening to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andrew Tempty. In my book, Balancing Act, Teach, Coach, Mentor, Inspire, I explore the characteristics required of leaders who must find balance between strength and vulnerability, confidence and selflessness, passion and measure, and leadership and followership. Balancing Act is available today at Amazon.com. And we're back with Stephen Kohler talking about challenging conversations in the workplace. Uh, Stephen, let's run a quick thought experiment. Suppose that you have an early career manager sitting right in front of you right now who struggles to have effective, challenging conversations with their colleagues. What advice do you have for them? I would remind them, and I'm in some ways, Andrew, speaking to myself at a younger age, I would remind them of the power that we as leaders, particularly when we have the opportunity to provide feedback, can have on others. Uh, and I say that because some of the, the best development I've had over my career came precisely because a caring leader stopped, slowed down, and took the opportunity to provide me with that feedback that I was um, could benefit from. And, and many of the times it was reminding me perhaps of something I had done well. I think as leaders, one of the things we often forget uh, is the power of reminding somebody when they did well um, that can have the greatest confidence boost on us. Um, so I would I would uh, offer them the, the reminder that it's really important, whether we're delivering feedback to somebody else or receiving it, um, to really take that time to make it balanced um, and and not not avoid the hard truths as they need to be said. Um, I think it's 
as the old adage says, feedback can be a gift and, and can definitely be that thing that can uh, make a huge difference in our leadership journey, even if it might be hard to hear at the time. I, I love that you said, uh, you know, slow down. Uh, so many of us, especially in a challenging conversation, uh, we've got this narrative running in our minds and, uh, and we get nervous. And so we speed up and we over talk and we talk over the, the, the recipient. And then, you know, nothing, uh, nothing really comes of it because we're talking past, uh, one, one another. So slowing down and, I'm sure uh, you're recommending opening the ears uh, along with the mind. Uh, that, that's, uh, that's wonderful advice. Uh, now, segueing into skills, I love to talk about skills on the show. Can you name two specific skills our listeners uh, must hone to become better at delivering constructive feedback and en engaging in frank and fearless conversations? I, I love the question. As I alluded to a moment ago, one of, one of the things that I personally believe uh, throughout my experience prior to becoming a coach and founding Audira, and certainly now more than ever coaching hundreds of, of senior leaders, say number one skill is listening. Um, why do I say that? Because I believe we are in a context today now more than ever of a very noisy world where where we have not only... Um, we have more bits of information coming at us. You know, I read somewhere that something like nine channels of digital communication, you know, just bombarding us with information. We have opinions uh, galore. We have technology kind of overloading us. We are also operating in many environments um, where we have been trained, unfortunately, to be, at least in the U.S., I, I should say, uh, we're trained to be the smartest people in the room. And so we, many of us find ourselves always talking, 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 talking to try to show how smart we are. I say all this because many, uh, many of the wisest uh, individuals would say actually true wisdom lies in listening and truly being quiet. Um, in many cultures, for example, the, 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 the wisest people are in, in the room are the ones that, that listen the most. And this gets to the second skill, I would say asking powerful questions. Um, and so, uh, you know, learning how to listen, uh, Adir does a lot of work on active listening. We have a model we call the three modes of, of, of listening, which I would be happy to share a bit more about, but it, it's about listening to self, listening to others, and then listening to the space of what's needed. And then translating what we're noticing in that listening to powerful, deep questions to help create value around us. Um, and, and I think these are areas that all leaders can definitely practice that will absolutely support challenging conversations. I, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just struck by uh, the word space uh, that you just use. Both, both of us, uh, we're, we're both musicians. Uh, the producer of the show, Nick, is also a musician. And uh, too many times when I'm writing a song, I get caught in this trap where I've got a fill every moment uh, of the of of the work with uh, with sound and i forget that uh, sometimes the most impactful uh, part of a piece is the space between the notes the space uh, that you that that you create uh, for for the listener uh, so the yeah the same thing uh, holds true in a challenging conversation so th thank you so much for that 
And and just to add on to what you said, Andrew, uh, I love all these musician quotes that you and I know so well, <laughs> but to, to our listeners, great metaphors to leadership. Miles Davis said the most, and I'm paraphrasing, the most important notes are the notes you don't play. Right. Meaning, meaning we, we as uh, leaders and listeners have to remember the power of the space or in music, we call it the rest, right? And, and there can be just as much power and impact in, in, in leaving that space for silence for people to reflect and absorb what you're saying as any of the things that we've vocalized. Well, this, this entire uh, episode, uh, the kernel, the nut of it uh, for our listeners was right there. Uh, so as we begin to close out the show, I'm really interested in the Audira Labs business model. Uh, can you give us some insight on what a typical client engagement looks like? Absolutely. So, so again, just kind of ease into your question. We are in the business of ultimately amplifying leaders, whether they be individual leaders or teams or organizations. We also believe music is a powerful, unique way to do that. So everything we do uses music as that lens. And kind of our sweet spot is to do experiential, as you mentioned, uh, team workshops where we use music as a lens for leaders to, to learn, practice, and apply leadership concepts using musical instruments using musical instruments without any musical background required. And, and we apply them into real world challenges that we're hearing from teams every day. So how to communicate more effectively, how to collaborate more effectively, how to hold each other accountable, how to be uh, strategically aligned as we say, row in the same direction. Um, these real world challenges that we all face as leaders run through a positive, unique and uh, memorable approach. Uh, so a typical engagement might be, let's say, a half-day workshop uh, where we're in and we're talking about how to improve our communication skills. We're using musical instruments. Uh, we're writing songs together uh, and, and we're sharpening those leadership skills that, that uh, from a musical perspective, uh, can be quite powerful. Deep listening, harmonization, uh, showing up to the gig on time, what have you. Uh, so we have a great time. We would invite everybody to check out Audira Labs to learn out more. So, uh, so yes, uh, listeners, please, uh, please learn more uh, about Stephen's business. Um, do you ever have, uh, well, I'm sure you, I'm sure you have, but I'd love to hear the stories of, uh, that, that leader that you've sat down with and said, here's a, here's a musical instrument. Now let's, uh, let's start it. And they fold up their, their arms and have a stern look on their face and kind of an over my dead body. Am I <laughs> picking up an instrument? What do you do to get past that? Well, I love the question because it's it's one of my uh, favorite moments. And I'll give you a typical arc. <laughs> the typical arc, not the typical, a common arc is that there there's a lot of metaphors between, uh, let's say somebody, as you say, walking into the room, arms crossed, or maybe a little uncomfortable when they see musical instruments and maybe uh, other things in their in their perspective. Uh, what we often see in leadership are certain mindsets, Andrew, where somebody might uh, in their, in their, uh, say, I can't, I can't do this. They won't let me. Uh, and that shows up in certain beliefs and, and leadership patterns. Like, so they might say, well, I'm not very creative or right. I can't, or I won't. And what I like to see in these workshops is people might start it at, I can't, or I won't, or never mindset. And by the end, they're like, oh my God, I now know what's possible. 
And so they, they start very much in the way that you mentioned, maybe with arms crossed, kind of cynical or disbelieving or kind of negative about any number of things. And then they wind up uh, literally, literally performing a song that they wrote on stage about, let's say, a team mission, vision, values, and then being able to apply that to helping their team do great things. And so it's just th- that, that, that arc, uh, musical arc, that leadership arc is just truly inspiring to see as people unlock uh, potential in themselves. Even the triangle can be a very important instrument in uh, the the entire orchestra, which is especially the triangle. Yes, (laughs) ding. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, Stephen, final question: If you had access to a time machine and you could send a message to an earlier version of yourself, what would that message be, and what previous version of yourself would you choose to send it to? Love the question. I would probably go back to, oh, I don't know, age 18 or so. And I would say uh, this was when I'm going to tie it back to listening. At that part of my journey, I was listening to a lot of people outside of myself, what others thought I should or shouldn't do, right? My advice to myself would be really turn up that internal microphone and listen to what you need, what you want, what you believe. Uh, and I would say that uh, is is a lesson that I often uh, offer to all the leaders I support is what do you want? What do you need? What are your unique superpowers? Uh, what is that unique anthem in, in you that you know needs to be brought out in your journey? Whatever that might be. And then frickin' turn it up to 11, man. <laughs> <laughs> like that Marshall stack behind me, turn it up to 11. There you go. There you go. So how many, uh, you were telling me before the show that you have a new album that you uh, dropped uh, earlier this year. Did, did any song ideas, uh, come from your client engagements mm-hmm. and the, and, and the, and the music that you, that you create? I'm, I'm curious. Oh yeah. Quite a few. Um, I would say, well, there's, there's two songs alone on the album, which by the way, you can, you can find on Spotify or, or iTunes, you know, pick your platform. Uh, it's called Daydream. Uh, but on the album, there's two or three songs, particularly that come out of client uh, interactions. And, and they're both about uh, listening internally to, to your values, what you need, what you want to bring to the world, and then having the courage uh, to, to, to bring those to life, uh, given all of the resistance you may feel. And so, uh, yeah, uh, it was, it was a joy to write those tracks. Awesome. Well, this has been a fantastic uh, show. I, I, there's been a great deal of value, uh, that's been created here. Uh, so thank you, uh, Stephen Kohler for being on the show. Uh, my name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act podcast find us on all the major podcasting services please like subscribe rate and most importantly share with your friends with your networks and have a wonderful rest of your day thanks so much 